Hey guys, thank you for joining us for this episode. But before we dive in, we got something to tell you. We got merch. Yeah, guys, we have t-shirts. We have hoodies. T-shirts are $19.99. And hoodies $39.99. Or $39.99. And guys, if you want it, you can DM us on at our Instagram, technically.short. Or if you know us personally, you can shoot us a text message. But uh, but yeah, see you in the episode. See you in the episode. Hello, Technically Short fans. In this episode, we delve into the depths of marriage, leadership, and personal growth with our special guest, Chaz Dubois. Sharing our experiences, we explore overcoming challenges, maintaining excellence, and fostering strong family bonds. From battling substance abuse to the transformative power of mentorship, we discover practical tips for success. Learn how to bring excellence to your marriage and navigate a successful career transition. Tune in for insights on staying culturally aware, being flexible, and taking calculated risks. Join us on this journey of personal and professional growth. Hey guys, I'm Sean. I'm Thomas. And this is Technically Short. Today's episode, we have a special guest that you're going to love. Yeah, today we have a Chaz Dubois. Say hi. Hi guys, thanks for having me. All right, so Chaz has been on, um, hasn't been on before, obviously, but he was recommended to us by like last episode Mike Wallace, and um, I don't know if he listened to that episode when he, uh, he mentioned you, but he said like you were the first person that popped in his mind. Uh, he said you know, he was one who wasn't prompted because I didn't even send him the question beforehand. Um, so he, he, you know, I just gave, uh, I just asked, he was like, you were the first person to pop up. He said that like, you were one of the, um, one of the um, most amazing guys in his life. Uh, so if you haven't listened to it, Chaz, you probably, uh, you definitely should listen to at least part two. <laughs> um, like plan. But, um, but yeah, and I didn't write them down this time, but, uh, typically we like to, whenever we have a guest, you know, we always start with uh, the intro and give people a little bit more of an idea of who you are, of who you are, who we see you to be. We like to give some um, a little bit of exaltations. Typically, I have them written down, so I, so this is, this will be right uh, right off the cuff. But um, that's understood. But like whenever, when, obviously, whenever I think Chaz, the first thing that's probably in my mind right now is just a great dad because I get I get, I got to see you with um, Olivia. And, I don't know if you want. Okay, say their name. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you saw me with uh, Olivia and Charlie, and like and then you had your twins. <laughs> and like it, it was the same kind of the same story that my parents had whenever they uh, whenever uh they had my little, youngest sisters yeah they thought they were getting one and they were like we'll have four that's it and then you know no there's two <laughs> turned your world upside down yeah in the best possible way <laughs> and the, you're even to hear like secondhand from somebody else that emily said she would do it again uh we literally just had this conversation this afternoon um <laughs> and people think We've never been one to care about what other people think yeah. necessarily, right? Like, there's definitely leaders in our lives that we do care about their opinion. But, like, plenty of people think that we're crazy for having four kids in the first place. But the thought that, you know, we would totally do that again. Yeah. Not yeah. right now. And maybe they're not even our own children. But, like, maybe in the future we'll be called to care for somebody else's children. Mm-hmm. If, if that were to happen tomorrow, 
our door's wide open. And like, without even thinking twice. Um, are we going to try to have our own children again next year? No. <laughs> um, but I also, we both mutually agree that I, I don't think our family's done yet. I love it. That's awesome. And, uh, oh yeah, that's going to be good. Um, but the, uh, other thing that put in my head was being that you're extremely community focused. And on top of that, uh, like, ser- it's serving in that community, but it's not just serving, it's also being, it's also knowing that sometimes you also, you also have to let yourself be served. Yeah. And that's something like, in coming into, like, because being in, um, being in the men's small group and like knowing the times when you do get there, I'm seeing like, like, you might be like, um, exhausted, but you're like, it, but there are days when you're like, no, I needed to be here today. Yeah. 100%. And like, so I, and I think you're one, that's only one of the people that exemplifies um, that a lot. Um, and I, it, it's visible. It, like, so those, that's definitely what pops in my mind. Like a great, like I said, a great, da- great dad and, some, and a very uh, community focused servant leader. Thank you. Yeah. From my exaltation, I can't never say the word, <laughs> but if I had to describe Chaz, Chaz, excellent father, godly man. But he has the heart of a servant. Like, he always has a heart for, like, whoever's in need. He's like, okay, I'm going to do whatever I got to do so that person can get wherever God told me that they need to do. Or whatever they need, I'll provide. Like, and God has always been such a big, like, part of how I see Chaz. Because Chaz is a really, like, humble guy. Like, coolest guy you'll ever meet, hands down. He's just humble but he has a heart where he would just pour out and it's amazing. So if I could describe Chaz, it'd be a godly warrior, awesome guy. <laughs> and uh, I would say like action pack. A lot of the things that you <laughs> okay. don't know about Chaz, like he used to do, uh, he would, he rode when he was like a kid. I remember um, riding like dirt bikes or something with like some famous crowd or something. I'll let him tell the story of his life, but I know a little <laughs> piece of piece, but it's awesome. I could just say Chaz is an awesome guy, for real. Thanks, Sean. No problem, man. Love and you, Thomas. Sure. I love both of you guys. Yeah, I love you, man. Um, and since we we gave you a little bit of an intro, um, but who, like, who would you say Chaz Dubois is? Uh, I have to start with, uh, I am a follower of Christ, mm-hmm. first and foremost. Yeah. Um, from the time that I... Um, committed to being a follower my life has been flipped upside down in all the best possible ways um next to that i'm a loving husband uh, my wife um emily of 15 years is was the best thing that's ever happened to me um and then a uh, loving and devoted father i've got four kids charlie olivia elijah and samuel um my crowning achievements in life and uh it gets me choked up. There, for the longest time, um, I didn't think I was ready to have kids, and I didn't feel like I was responsible enough to have kids, and it scared me to death. Um, and then we um, got pregnant with Charlie, and I was still figuring my, <laughs> I was still figuring myself out at that point. I was not the best version of myself, um, and I, I, for that matter, I'm still not the best version of myself. It's it's uh, ever evolving, and and um, it's a process, right? Trying to be the best person you can be, um, but hands down the uh the best thing i've ever done in my life uh is is having these kids and getting a chance to change the world through them um besides that uh besides the emotional part 
Um, let's see. I spent a large portion of my life working in the cycling industry from being a 13 year old, um, bike shop kid taking out the garbage to managing a a multi-chain, um, store, um, multi-store chain of, of bike shops, um, to owning my own bicycle shop, um, to taking a part-time job in a warehouse just so that we could provide a Christmas for Charlie that year. Um, that part-time job, um, I loved it in the beginning because it was just so mindless. I could go to work, move boxes, um, sometimes walk, you know, 40 miles in a day. It sounds crazy, but like if you work a 12 hour a day, you could easily walk 30 to 40 miles throughout the course of the warehouse. Um, and then get a paycheck for it. Right. There's a lot of people who are really good at owning a business and loving the, um, kind of open-endedness of the income that can come from owning your own business. Yeah. I am not that person. Like I, I, I yearn to be that person. I would love to like have unlimited income potential. However, I also appreciate knowing that I have a paycheck coming on Friday or a paycheck coming at the end of the month. Now I get paid monthly. So that was an adjustment, but, um, knowing that, uh, I can count on X, Y, or Z to be there, right? Um, let's see. I've been with my current company now for eight years, just over eight years. I just had my eight-year anniversary two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I started as a part-time seasonal person uh, making a little over $10 an hour. Um, somebody saw something in me, um, my work ethic, um, maybe my ability to follow direction, I don't know, um, gave me a chance, and I got – uh, the ultimate opportunity to change my life um, through this. It went from a part-time job, uh, just so we had a little bit of money to buy some toys for a one-year-old, to um, absolutely changing my life, mm-hmm. uh, my kids' lives, our future. We're now able to help other people. Um, I now run the run a warehouse for this company. Worked my way up through the ranks. Um, spent a little bit of time working in Cleveland. Um, made some new family members in Cleveland through that process. Uh, got to come back to Pittsburgh, and um, now I actually run a, a building similar to what uh, where I started, and uh, it's just been incredible to be able to help other people um, change their lives the way that other people that that somebody did for me um, eight years ago. Wow, mm-hmm. and it's, that's like I mean to be honest, like that's a lot of time for me. Like I have the same kind of story with um, like serving production mm-hmm. and serving on like and even like being on like. Just a volunteer lead yeah. on that team, I wouldn't have never put myself in that position. And it was because we were talking about them earlier uh, before we were recording, but Pastor Kell saw something in me that I didn't see myself. And Pastor Ed did the same thing. And then Mike and Dominic did the same thing. And they all started seeing things in me that I didn't see myself. And they kept putting me in positions where eventually I, 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 you know, eventually I was hired by the church and for, for a time. And to build community in, in the production team and even be able to like go to our Philadelphia campus and help with production there. And like, like whenever, whenever you're in that kind of community where people are seeing things in you that you're not, that you're not seeing like yourself, like, like, the, like you said, the craziest things happen. Yeah. And I am expecting more of that stuff to happen in my life and expecting more things like that to happen in yours. Cause there's always things we don't know about ourselves other people are going to notice yeah like i think there's it brings to my mind like the concept of blind spots but typically people think blind spots are, are there most of the time they're negative when people bring them up but i, I just thought maybe it's, pro, it's positive ones as well 100 um 
And like, it's really cool when people point those positive ones out and they're like, and they exalt you for those things that you're just like, oh, this is more norm. Yeah. It's like, this is normal to me. Like, why are you like, it's not that big of a deal. And they're like, no, like that was great. I think it's sometimes like a quirk, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm good at whatever numbers or yeah, I'm good at uh, reading somebody's emotions. Yeah. Right. Like, no, like that's a, that could be a skill. Like that could absolutely be something that could, you could use to make the world a better place. Mm, Absolutely. Um, That's a really good point though. Like, I don't think that I've ever thought of blind spots in a positive way like that. You know, I think community is, is mission critical, especially as men of God. Like we need other godly men around us to build us up, to help us. Um, Sometimes it's like, you know, maybe you say something off the cuff and you're like, whoa, dude, like, Mm -hmm. hold on. Like, you got to be careful the words you speak, right? Like, you got to be careful the words you speak about yourself. Um, It's obvious you have to be careful the words you speak about the people around you. But like, Mm -hmm. even more so, you have to be careful about the words that you're speaking over your life, over your friends' lives, over your children's lives, over your spouse's life. Um, And some of the men in my life have absolutely Mm -hmm. helped me personally in that way. Yeah. Um, but that's like the traditional blind spot, right? Yeah. Like the negativity side. I think the, the positive blind spot, um, where it helps pull like a natural talent of yours out is huge. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's a really good point. And like, I don't know, I go something, it rolled in my mind because I, like, because like, I listen to a lot of John Maxwell stuff. Sure. And they, like, and like, we always talk, we talk about him a lot, but and like, there's, and that's one of the things he mentioned is like, like you're not going to see your own blind spots. And a lot of times it's pointing out the things that are like the things that you're not, the things that are um, holding you back in your leadership in, in, sure. in, in that respect. And yeah, that connection was just like, yeah, there's like, because blind, you uh, blind, you think you're missing something, you're missing something, which you are, if it's positive too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, without, we don't have to go, keep going down that <laughs> hole, but, <laughs> um, but you already touched on it about, the um that you work uh, you're an employee for one of the largest online retailers um and that you moved up the ranks and it took a while like it took a while for you to get to where you're at now you said eight years right yep um so like from your own perspective um like you know this this is a uh we haven't mentioned it yet but this is a uh, the series on excellence um called perfectly imperfect and part something 12 <laughs> <laughs> 54. Um, <laughs> 78. <laughs> um, from your own perspective, what role did or does excellence play in your current position? Man. Um, or even the, the or even the, what, excellent, what role did excellence play to get to your position? Uh, I think having a desire to, to have excellence. Mm-hmm. Um, we, the, the company that I work for has grown rapidly uh, in the big picture, right? Mm-hmm. And I think um they've been able to do so by not um by allowing themselves to not be excellent right mm. what i mean by that is yeah. you you can't um you can't change the world by being perfect right uh, yeah. because you're you're never going to be perfect in the first place it's going to take a while to gain that excellence it's going to take a while to not um be perfect in every way but to allow others around you to allow yourself Right, I'm really bad at beating myself up over things that um, that I've done wrong, the missteps I've had. Right, um, allowing yourself, giving yourself that grace, yeah, um, to keep moving forward. Right, like you're never going to move forward without some missteps, without some failures. The key thing is for me, not failing um, the same way twice. Right, mm-hmm. it's super corny and cliche, but failing yeah. forward. Right, not people say good. you got to fail forward. Um, 
I have not failed forward in everything that I failed in. 100%. I, we could have multiple episodes on that alone. Um, but what's changed me as a leader over the last eight years is learning to not dwell on those failures, right? Cool. We failed. Where did we fail, right? Sometimes there's a post-mortem. you got to figure out where these failures are depending on their size and scope. Yeah. Um, and then just making sure that we don't misstep that way in the future. Yeah. That's, to me... Um, the first part in excellence for me is earning the trust of my team. Right? Okay, I am not a perfect person. I am not a perfect leader. Um, nor do I claim to have all the answers. So having strong people around me, empowering them, right, taking feedback um, and, and learning to not take it as personal. Mm-hmm. I'm still not great at that. I take a lot of things personal. <laughs> um, I know that that's an opportunity of mine and I'm, I'm still working on that part. But like take the feedback as it is and keep moving forward. You got to keep moving forward. That's how you strive for excellence. That's maybe how you achieve excellence in certain parts of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to fail at some point. Learning from those failures um, and and doing everything you can to not duplicate. Keep moving forward past it. Wow, that's so good. Honestly, um, that brings me back to like what you were talking about, like learning how to fail. Mm-hmm. That could actually be a whole episode just in itself, but um. The wise words of Andrew Tate, I have to actually give the guy credit for this words. He, he actually said, God teaches us to either learn it the hard way or learn it the hardest way is for the people who don't understand that like when you make a mistake and not learn from it. So you end up learning the hardest way rather than just the hard way when you mess up. So it's like, it was really like to think about failing forward. Like we're all going to fail. So are you going to, what are you going to do with that failure? Some people let that failure build on them. Other people use that failure to build. Mm. Yeah. And John Maxwell says sometimes, he has a book called Sometimes You Win, Sometimes You Learn. Yeah. (laughs) And like uh, the whole concept, like it's like not calling, not really calling failure, but like seeing it as a learning opportunity. I mean, that's the reality, right? Like you, you to, to strive for excellence is to learn that. Yeah. Nothing's a failure. No one's a failure. Yeah. Um, it's just what you you learn from those um, missteps, from those failures, right? Yeah. Maybe we don't call them failures, but what you learn from the things that didn't turn out the way they're supposed to be, right? Um, they're all learning experiences. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you win, sometimes you learn. Like, you, you're always learning. Right. Or, yeah. or you should always be learning. There's something yeah. to be learned even in a win, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. I think to that respect, like... You always, but you you learn you learn more when you when well when, say when you fail when you, when you miss yeah. right right that's 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 like, the that, goal right like that that should be like should be the goal yeah it's like like I it's like I set a I've set so many goals for myself that were super overzealous and I so I didn't reach them like ninety nine percent of the time sure and at the time I was disappointed in myself but I can now look back and uh, uh, realize like I actually learned a ton of stuff. To get to that quote unquote failure, even though I, so like, and then I can and I I heard somebody say just like yesterday or whatever like, but like you get to take that stuff with you. Yeah, everything you learn, like you still have that. You have a choice, right? If you want to take it with you, yeah. Um, and how you take it with you, mm-hmm. right? Are you going to take it with you and use it as a club to beat yourself up with? Mm-hmm. Are you going to take it with you as like a this is what I don't do in the future and just keep moving past it? No, oh. no, oh. and I, I like that you even mentioned like. You mentioned like perfect, like excellence, like and this was said like last episode with Pat uh, Williams uh, recorded uh, last last week, and he was like, yeah, excellence isn't perfection. Sure. And you like, yeah, you know, it's like you can't 
that you said um, the company you work for, like you can't change the world if it's uh, trying to be perfect uh, through perfection. Because if it's if you think you're perfect, you're not. Yeah. If you think you're perfect, you're probably the furth- one of the furthest from it. Because there's so much there's so much room for growth, so many things to learn, and like you're never like you said you're never done. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of skipped over it before, and we kind of touched on it a little bit. Uh, but to me, more direct, like to you, and it's meant to be vague to you. Like, what is excellence? Um, so I looked that up, right? Like the the term, and this didn't help. Webster's dictionary didn't help. <laughs> what is excellence, right? It's like the the quality of being excellent. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, I got that much. Um, excellence for me is being able to um, always be learning. Mm-hmm. Um, to be able to. Uh, at least in my my job, to be able to earn the trust of my team. Um, Excellence to me is maybe not having the top performing um, building, right? Uh, That would be cool. I'd love to say that we're the the top of the the worldwide scorecard or whatever. Um, But excellence to me is having a good work culture. Um, in, in, In reality, like it's something that I've been working against, not against, working to fix for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and certain things that have made small gains um, with a small group may have created bigger deficiencies with a larger group of people. Um, over the last six months to a year, there's been a lot of learning on, um, on my end in that regard. Um, and it's not clear cut. It's not super simple on how to earn the trust of people, right? There are... We, look, we're all people. We all have something going on outside of work. We all have something going on outside of this relationship, outside yeah. of that relationship. Um, and the way that you respond to a given circumstance may have nothing to do with the Sean that I know. Yeah. It may have 100% to do with the Sean at home, the Sean with his parents, the Sean whatever, right? Yeah. And I think, you know, it's really difficult because in, in a corporate setting it you i can't outwardly um profess jesus maybe in the way that i would like to mm-hmm. right yeah um but that does not mean that i can't act as such i can't i can't love like jesus right it's it's strange to say like loving people at work it's work right however giving them grace um for being imperfect people because i'm an imperfect person yeah um plenty of people give me grace and the chance to misstep the chance to um, get in my emotions. Um, sorry, I've kind of gone like way down a rabbit hole. No, this um, is good. But excellence for me, I think, is um, being able to have grace for each other and to be able to earn earn each other's trust to be able to work towards a common goal. Mm-hmm. We may not, again, yeah. completely independent of perfection, right? Um, but the end game goal might be getting closer to that, right? I think that's good. Mm-hmm. And do you think like, Gain, all that plays into that gaining trust of your team. So like it, and I wrote, I wrote this down while you were talking. Like like it, in that, can you expand a little bit more on like how you, how you how you typically go about like this long process typically of gaining that trust? Um. Yeah. I mean, I try to add a personal aspect to it, right? Like I don't, I don't. If you walk into my office, you'll find some pictures of my family because they're important to me. They're the reason that I go to work every day, whether I want to be there or not. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um. But I try to find out, try to learn about what makes Thomas tick, um, who Thomas is, right? Yeah. Who Sean is. I've got leaders in my life today and leaders in my life in the past 
who could care less who Chaz is outside of work, who Chaz, um, you know, it's, it's what you're doing for me right now. That's important. And like that, not that, that lack of connection with Chaz, the person, um, changes for a lot of people can change the way that they perform in the building, right? The way that they, the way that they treat the building, the way that they treat their coworkers. Yeah. I think um, I, I do genuinely. <laughs> this has been part of my learning experience over the last eight years. I always thought I was not a people person, um, and I, a great leader, uh, actually from church, said that is one hundred percent wrong. You are a thousand percent a people person, but it's your people, people person. Mm, yeah, um, and it's only because like it, it's uh, for me there was a lot of anxiety in learning and meeting new people and large groups of people. And, and I've, I've spent a lot of time trying to work through that. I'm still not a big crowd person, but we're, we're, we're getting there. Um, uh, but like I do general, genuinely love people. I love talking to people. You know, we've, we've, there's been opportunities to possibly have like a support role where I'm no longer in the operation and I get to work from home. And I don't know, like, I think I would struggle way more not having a daily interaction with people. So getting to, to, to meet people, learning their names, right? And I was so wrapped up in learning my job that I didn't necessarily spend that time learning my people as much as I should have earlier on. Um, and I think all that did was set me back, right? I'm coming in at that point as a figurehead and they don't have, you know, they, they don't have any faith in me. I'm, I'm their boss, um, in that, uh, like direct leadership sort of way, not like the team leader that's driving us all towards a common goal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that was definitely a big misstep over the the last year, being so wrapped up in the details and the the you know instead of learning my team and spending more time there. Um, but I think that's what's um, for me is is what helps us all kind of move forward, mm-hmm. move towards that um, top tier sort of. Uh, performance if that makes sense yeah yeah honestly i think that's why you you've grown it just shows you where you've grown you know what i mean like you you as a leader before was like oh okay i i'm in charge but now it's like hey i'm in charge but how can i get to know you personally so i can that helps the team that helps you guys reach the goal because if they know who chaz is they're gonna of course want chaz as a leader because if you know chaz you know that how he is as a person is so on par to being Christ-like, you know what I mean? So as on par to being a great father, so on par to being a, a wise, wise guy that, um, that you would love to have him as your, as your, as your leader. But they didn't know that before, which is understandable because you didn't get a chance to like get to know him, you know what I mean? In this, in the, (laughs) on the back half of the very same sentence, right? You as a leader, though, you still need to be able to steer the ship, yeah, right? Yeah. Like I think I also, in the same tune, um, tried to give everybody else their own freedom to kind of do what—not freedom, but um, leeway. Yeah, their own leeway to be able to to lead their way. And it's when you can clearly see it's not the right way or it's not the way that you would lead a group. Um, as a leader, you should step in and like I'm not saying come in as the boss and 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 rule with an iron fist. But it's like, hold on, that's not how we're doing things anymore, right? Um, and there was definitely some hesitancy on my behalf to do that early on. Um, and I think that um, when you give somebody a, a little bit too much freedom, um, when you don't necessarily think that they're aligned with 
the way that you're going is when things can go sideways or you can create division amongst the team. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. You, got, you have your... Yeah, I, I have a bunch of questions. I got it. But uh, I'll start off with the first one, right? So, Chaz, how do you bring excellence to your community? How do I bring excellence to my community? Um, man, I think it depends on what community. Mm-hmm. Right? My community that's my house, that's my family. Um, honesty, um, love, right? Like, we're not going to be um, perfect people for my children, right? Like, <laughs> uh, I've made lots of missteps, and I've covered them up and hidden them for years from my parents, from my spouse, from whatever, right? Um, yeah, sure, you might be able to stray away from it, right? Excellence isn't about being perfect. Excellence is being able that that my son can come to me when he screwed up and not, you know, not um, his first intuition not being, oh gosh, how do I hide this from my parents? Yeah. Oh gosh, how can I get help from my parents to fix this, right? Um, I think that's excellence a part of excellence in our household, right? Mm-hmm. That, that we can be honest with each other, that we can lean on each other when we need it, that we can be honest about our feelings with each other. Um, excellence in um, the men's community um, is to see a guy who is otherwise a, I don't even want to say tough guy, but a guy who looks like he's got it all put together, um, fall apart and be able to be real with other guys in that room that night yeah, yeah, and get stuff off his chest that he hasn't been able to get off his chest in 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years, right? Yeah. Again, we're not perfect, but seeing what happens when you can get a bunch of guys together that can actually be real and help build up each other um, and, and like actually be able to offload stuff, right? Like the, the amount of weight that can be lifted off of somebody's shoulders by like just being able to be honest with guys who are otherwise not going to judge them because... Sean could say something that's much in the same way that I might say something. Completely different issues, different whatever. But just being able to get that off your chest with a group of like-minded individuals, like, that's excellence. Like, that's something that, like, men, especially in today's world, in such a broken world, you know, do so much to cover up um, their feelings, to cover up to, you know, especially in, like, a social media society, right? Like, you're watching the highlight reel. Our lives are messy. Our lives are messed up. Like we've done um, not great things Um, to have a group of people that you can be like, hey, look, um, I screwed up. Right. Like that for me, um, that's like part of the excellence that I found through our church. And by our church, I don't mean a a entity. I mean the people. Right. The church um, saved my life. Hands down. Saved my marriage, hands down. And it's not the pastor. It's not a name. It's the the men and women um, okay. of the last eight years of our lives. Um, yeah, mm. that's excellent. That that's probably the the most excellent thing in my life is those people in my life who um, showed me what uh, I don't know. Showed me a type of I, I don't want to say that I need no true love before that, but like showed me what what unconditional love can be. Man, <laughs> so good. And there's like a couple of different questions that came out of that, that like floating in my head. But the one, like you talked about your marriage and how like your how the community, this community, the community, uh, like the church community, like that you surrounded, they got surrounded with, saved your marriage. Would you be okay with diving into that a little bit? Yeah, I think so. Um, 
let's see, we've been married for 15 years, uh, give or take, together almost 20. Um, high level, I've had some substance abuse issues in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, my wife is a saint. Just put that out there. Um, and she knows that it wasn't um, wasn't necessarily me. Um, that's not the person I wanted to be, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I, it wasn't. I, I said that from the beginning. I didn't want to be hooked on anything. Um, and I think there's two um, two guys in particular uh, from the church that really helped me um, by getting me to come to um, a recovery meeting at the church. Um, and like realizing uh, at that point that I did not need these things in my life. Yeah. And that wasn't <laughs> that wasn't the first fix. That 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 wasn't the final fix. That was the first fix, right? It took a couple of tries to actually figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that um, those guys, the women in her her women's group, um, really taught us. The guys, the the two independent groups, really taught us what um, what a marriage is supposed to be. Um, taught us how to pray uh, for each other, to go to spiritual war for each other. Um, and when I couldn't, it sounds kind of cliche, but like when I couldn't love myself, there were people loving me that didn't really even know me at that point. And they were loving my wife in a way that I couldn't at that point. Um, that's what saved our marriage. Um, yeah. That is so, man, that's deep. <laughs> well, that brings you me to my one of the questions I was actually going to ask. For the single guys who are looking for a beautiful wife that God's going to give them, uh, <laughs> weird way I phrased it, I'm sorry, people. But <laughs> for the single people, how do you um, bring excellence to a marriage? So, like, for like if you were just going to tell me or Thomas or Andrew or whoever, was how would you, like, be able to tell us, be like, hey, this is how you're going to bring excellence to your marriage. Like, do you date, do date nights every week? You know, whatever whatever practicals. And then, like, you can expand on the practicals if you don't want to. Um, honesty, first. Yeah. Foremost. God. God, first and foremost. <laughs> honesty. <laughs> I, that's the reality, right? Like, if right. you're both um, on your walk together, that's going to help, right? Um, I think that's, that's mission critical for long-term success, right? Um, honesty second, um, making sure that you can be your whole self around that person. Um, because it's, it, you have to be right. If you want to be sustainable, um, I think it's, it's, it's super important. And that's not something that I was able to do for a while. Right. Um, I think, um, I mean, the practicalities, like, I've always told my wife I loved her from the beginning, right? And she's, I don't, I still don't know if she believes me, but like the night that I met her, I knew I wanted to marry her. Like, it's, I can't explain that part, but uh, it's, um, but that was like really before we even had um, a true relationship with Jesus back then. Um, she was just, we were like minded, right? We both wanted families. We, you know, we, we, yeah, we had similarities enough, right? We had enough in common. Um, I think, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Emily and I don't necessarily have like date nights set up or anything like that, but I think, um, couple time is definitely important. Um, whatever that looks like for you guys, maybe it does mean a weekly dinner, monthly dinner, whatever it is. Um, the willingness to pick up where the other one, uh, is slacking off or, or 
doesn't know how to, right? Um, you know, I, I don't, um, I love to cook. Emily likes to cook. It doesn't matter who makes dinner, right? Like we're working together to a common goal. We, we support the children. We, we have a, a, a common how a common household goal. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, um, being able to be humble too is important with each other. Yeah. Yeah. Now the, I think being humble in general is something like a lot, of, like I have problems. <laughs> it's like being, being humble and also be like, because it's not, a lot of things you mentioned, like even as single guys, all the, all, there is, those are all things that we should be practicing already. A lot of those things. Um, like as far as the qualities go, like, um, and then giving ourselves grace. Sure. Giving ourselves grace for whenever, like, like we were talking about earlier, when we miss our own mark. Yeah. Or even when we miss the mark. Um, and like we, we're not, stri- and we realize we're not stri- uh, striving for Christ as well as we should be in certain moments. And like, and like with, and I know in relationships and friendships, uh, like, when you ever you're, it's ha- like having grace for your friend or you're facing the other whenever they mess up. Mm-hmm. And being humble enough to, like, I think it's sometimes, it's like, for me, like, it's like, it's like I, I can have, I, I, in the past, I've had anger issues. Okay. And, like, I, I had them growing up. Like, I couldn't put a futon together. Like, with this futon uh, at home. I kicked a hole in the wall. <laughs> and I was like, I would just get so, fr- I would get extremely frustrated. And, like, and it took, like, understanding that that was a problem to be able to, and I'm going down a rabbit hole, and I get that, but, <laughs> but, like, um, it took me to realize that that was a problem to then have grace for myself whenever that happened, to be like, okay, that wasn't okay, that wasn't okay that it happened, but it is, at the same, but at the same time, it's, it's like, it's okay, it's okay, it's weird, it's not okay, but it, it, it's okay. There's a level of accountability that's right. needed also. Yeah, hundred percent. And like, it's hard for me. Like, I speak from I can't. I can't speak from a relationship standpoint because I've only I've been in two only two short relationships. In my, but um, but the hope the hope is one day. <laughs> um, but no, I think man, this is the first time. Uh, for the people that listen, we usually we set up a timer on the TV, and I completely forgot. <laughs> so like, I, I was checking like what time it was. I've been checking the clock. I've been checking the um, the time of the, uh, uh, how long the recording has been, and I'm like, okay, we're, we're okay, we're, we're in time, like, how long has it been? Um, but I think we have a time for a few more questions. Um, like, one, maybe, like, one more question, you're gonna ask one more question, yeah. and then we'll wrap up? Yeah. Um, and if you want to ask another question at any point, you mean, we got time. Um, but the, uh, this, and I'm, I don't want to derail what we're talking, but, uh, there's something I want, I want you to talk to the listeners real quick, like, directly. And it's to the people that they're wanting to enter into a new career or they're in, or they're maybe they're even, or they're starting a new company and they want to move up the ranks. Speaking from your own experience, like what encouragement or advice could you give them? Um, be coachable. Do your best to stay out of your feelings. Um, there will be plenty of times where it doesn't work out the way that you wanted it to. Um, you know, do what you can to earn the trust of those people around you. Um, and when I go back and say, stay out of your feelings, I've seen a lot of what otherwise seemed like great leaders um, kind of get super emotional about something that um, I don't want to say isn't important. It is everything's important to some degree, right? But like they get super emotional about something 
And especially in the company that, that I work for, things move so fast that even when you think something set in stone, it could change on a dime. It could change by the end of the day, yeah. let alone next week, next month. Um, and you're at, you know, the end of next month before you turn around, mm-hmm. right? Um, when you allow your emotions to get the best of you, uh, and you start to degrade some of that trust that you've earned around you, yeah, that's way harder to, to earn back. It's harder to earn back the second time, mm-hmm. right? Um, but be coachable, right? Be, um, learn to be curious. Um, do what you can to, you don't have to, to know everything. Um, but, you know, wanting to learn and be curious about the company, about the skill, the trade, whatever, whatever we're talking about. Right. Yeah. Um, and I still think being coachable is, is like, uh, one of the top ones. Mm-hmm. I heard like be coachable, be flexible, be flexible, take risks. Yeah. Right. Cap- maybe calculated risks. Um, maybe the ones that are just sitting on your heart, like, no, this is the way I got to go. Understand that it might not be, it may not be the one that you're, it may not be the path you were supposed to take. Um, but that's okay too. Again, there's something to be learned from it. Right. Yeah. Well guys, I hope you, uh, took some notes. (laughs) Um, guys, thank you for listening to this episode. We got a couple more final questions, but I just want to say, uh, thank you for listening. I think I always thank you guys for listening to the episode, um, especially towards the end of it. But uh, but guys, if you if you listen to if you've heard this episode up to this point, like you got like um, might want to give it a re listen and right. Like I said, I think I said this last time too. But yeah, take some notes. Take some t- take some notes and like really think about like if you're in that position of starting a new career or wanting switch careers or whatever you want looking to do. And you're wanting to move up the ranks and that's your goal, like really focus on being like like Chad was saying, focus on being coachable, being flexible and taking those risks. And like dive more into what that what that looks like to you. It's not gonna be the it, like the concepts are will be the same, but the way they pertain to you is gonna be different. Um but yeah, Chaz, to uh kind of go forward, uh, just so you know, we I sent you them before, just the ending questions to wrap up the episode. And like when it comes to your to your own personal growth um, and, and or excellence in general, um, what are some of the top resources that you could or do recommend to people? It can be books, podcasts, whatever. Man, um, find yourself a mentor. Maybe it's a spiritual yeah. mentor. Maybe it's a group of spiritual mentors, right? Yeah. Like yeah. a men's group, a women's group, whatever. Um, but find yourself a mentor at work. Um, okay. If, if that's a thing, right? Like yeah. if you're starting a, a company, maybe, maybe it's not at your work. Maybe it's, it's somebody that's been successful, right? Um, but you know, I think a, a, a mentor for me, um, having somebody that I can call and offload, uh, a rough day on, a frustrating piece on. Yeah. That's, um, not my wife. <laughs> that's not my boss. That's not maybe even somebody on my direct team. Um, there was a wise man in one of my men's groups that once said, call me and scream at me because you're not going to hurt my feelings before, um, you get home Mm -hmm. before, um, that comes out on your kids or on your wife. Right. And I, I've told since that day, and this is only a couple of years ago and it's somebody in our current group, right? Not our current group, not the Tuesday group, but in our, our group at, at church. Um, I've told people at work that, um, a lot. 
Because it's true. It's like I said to the, the stay out of your feelings, right? Sometimes you can't get out of those feelings until you get them off your chest, right? Mm-hmm. Call and scream at me. Um, even the people on my team, I'd rather them yell at me than that sort of emotion come out to their direct reports, mm-hmm. to their peers, to like, you're not going to hurt my feelings. Like, please, by all means. Uh, and even if you do, I'm not going to like... <laughs> just, just let it go. Like, let, yeah. like I'd much rather you offload it on me than um, it impact something else, yeah. right? Uh, especially your family, especially your relationships. Um, you know, if that's your mentor, maybe it's maybe it's not the mentor that you call to scream at, but having that trusted resource, yeah, somebody that you can be real with, no matter what <laughs> what level of real we're talking about, mm-hmm. having that type of person um, is a uh, for me, is mission critical. I'm not great at it. I'm still not, right? We're, I, there's not excellence in that part of, of my own life. But um, And there's a couple of those people in my life. But um, being able to offload that stuff before that sort of built up emotion um, impacts maybe more important parts of your life or other parts of your life. That's really good. And like, I, 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 like asking these questions, you never really know what people are going to say. And, um, and, yeah, mentors are extremely important. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I think we mentioned that, like with Mike, when we were talking with uh, our episode with Mike uh, Wallace, um, we mentioned that like, if you don't have a mentor, get a mentor. Mm-hmm. Like seek them out. Because um, sometimes they're not just going to show up most of the time. More often than not, they're not going to find you. Yeah. And the ones that do may not be the right ones. Yeah, yeah. that's very true. Yeah. Like, yeah, you want to see, look at, seek out the people who are further in life in the direction of where you're looking to go. Sure. Yeah. Um, also, it's good to have, um, I would say, more than one. At first, I yeah. used to think there was just one mentor, one mentor only. That was my... <laughs> Past Brit. Past Brit. <laughs> it was like, only him. But then it was like, I can see where I could get some wisdom from Thomas, and I could get what wisdom from Chaz, and I could get some wisdom from Pat Williams, and I could get some wisdom from Keith in different areas of my life, and Andrew, and the, like you know, there's so many different people you can get wisdom from. So it's like now that I'm expanding, having more than one mentor, it is definitely working in my life, and I so it'll work in you guys' life as well. Get more than one mentor. Hmm. I still have the best one though. Pastor Brandon, love you, man. <laughs> oh. Jazz, who would you like to see on the next episode of our podcast? Or here, technically. <laughs> man, there's, uh, you said you already had Pat. Yeah. Pat intrigues me. Yeah. I'd like to have a conversation with Pat. Um, there are, you'd have to show me the list of who you've had before. Oh, I, I, get, I can name them. them. I, I, remember, I memorize them. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of people, uh, you can just list people. Um, Keith. Oh, we've been we've been trying to get him. Oh, I've been trying. <laughs> Keith, uh, if you're listening, we're coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, need you, Keith. Dave Miller. Oh, we had Dave. We had Did him. you? Yeah. yeah. There you go. And he was a, he was our was he our first guest? First, first guest. He's our first Actually, guest. Yeah. Dave's Second a guest. legend. Dave was one of the two men that helped me um, with my sobriety early on. Mm. Yeah, Dave. Is- yeah, he 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 dives into his uh yeah his path within that too. It was a great that was a great one. Yeah, Dave yeah. Miller's also one of my mentors. Shout out to Dave. <laughs> no, 
No, that's awesome. If you ever have any more, feel free to let Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, but guys, thank you for listening to this episode of Technically Short. Um, if you haven't already, give us a follow and a five stars <laughs> review. On whatever platform you're on and share on your socials, message us on social media, and we'll see you next time. Love you guys. See ya. Thanks, y'all. Thank you.